Welcome to the Alpha Pack Podcast. When you hear the word alpha, what comes to mind? Is it a lone wolf who goes his own way? Or maybe it's a powerful leader who bulldozes over the competition. Well, what if we told you that true alphas aren't lone wolves intent on tearing people down? They're actually dominant leaders who never back down from the challenge of improving the lives of everyone around them. As part of the Alpha Pack, we believe that no leader should be on their own. They need a pack of people keeping them accountable, challenging them, and encouraging them to be the best that they can possibly be. Join us as we hear incredible stories from industry leaders about how to become an alpha that will settle for nothing less than making the world better than the way they found it. Are you ready to learn what it takes to become a true alpha? Then pull up a chair, because you have a seat at the table as part of the pack. This is the Alpha Pack Podcast. So our last podcast, we talked about audacity, and I love the conversation. I think I left maybe a little bit embarrassed of some of the things that I that I shared, but uh, but perhaps more than being embarrassed, I I think I left with this maybe concern that we kind of defined this core tenant of alphaness, uh, maybe the core even of alphaness as this attribute that for for lack of a better word can can sound pretty douchey um and so like how do we balance that idea of audacity and challenging the norms and challenging the boundaries without being a jerk yeah 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 i've been wrestling with this a lot myself daniel I, honestly i have taken this to my team and i it the audacity word is one of the ones that I brought back to say, I think we need to rename some of the qualities we look for in our team. Some of the key to my success, our staff success has been audacity, but, but what it has sparked is this exact kind of question. If I think what you're talking about, same kind of thing, Daniel, like, ah, does that mean we all have to be arrogant jerks who just run over other people? And that's, that's the key to our company's success. Like, no, that is not the kind of audacity I'm looking for. So I'll say this. I will say, I think there's a kind of audacity that is an arrogant jerk, um, but there's a that maybe is the immature audacity, the, the shallow one. There, there is, I think, a deeper, more mature audacity that, that has more than just, uh, I think I'm awesome, I'm going to get what I want kind of flavor to it. It's more like, a dream of greatness, like just the audacity to believe that greatness is possible. So like, let's try, but, but that doesn't mean that I'm a better human than you. It just means I'm willing to try stuff. In fact, what we've been playing with saying, really, there's two traits we want to look for. And it's the people who have both that are the key. We're looking for humility and audacity. And I, I would say the myth I'll, I'll throw on the table. Love to hear you guys react to this. I think the myth is a lot of people think you have to pick. The, you, you can either be audacious or humble. You can't have both. And I'm saying, and I'm talking to my team, and we're honestly, they're still wrestling. Like, look, is that really how we want to say it? But what I, I think I'm saying is I want someone who's both highly humble and highly audacious. I think there's a way to be both. You don't have to give up your audacity in order to be humble. But I don't know. Is that what you're talking about, Daniel? I would be interested too, maybe, is just to, Throwing a sidebar into that conversation too, if we think that that one comes before the other in development, right? Because I think a lot of times when I and I was left in our last podcast thinking as well, 
we, we shared a lot of stories from kind of younger life, college life, that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, there's some audaciousness, but I think about even backed up before that, we probably all had some very humbling experiences in some of that stuff that gave us kind of gut checks of that we need to put work and reps into doing things. But I, I think I would be interested in just to having the conversation as well around the priority of those, because I think the immaturity of not having humility or being grounded in a set of values that, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you, you didn't hang the moon, whatever, you know, you want to use. But at the same time, I've been given skills and abilities that I think can contribute and make the world a better place. Um, I, I think that can get out of whack really quick if, if it doesn't have a spirit of humility to it. So. Yeah, Scott, I, I think we're on this the same page, and I, I definitely think there's a tension here mm. that that needs to be to be managed, right? Because I think you can fall in the ditch on either side of you know I'm God's gift to the universe, and I can do whatever I want, or I'm I'm worthless and I have nothing to contribute, and and clearly both of those extremes are incorrect, untrue, and unhealthy. But how do you live in a tension that's kind of walking that middle path? Mm -hmm. Well, I would be interested, just like we talked some examples of audaciousness or audacity last time. How do you guys walk in humility? Outside of audaciousness or just kind of how do you carry those two things at the same time? Yeah, just in general, like what, how do you think humility or or the the yin to that yang plays out in your life in leadership. Well, Jay, funny you should ask because I just finished my book, Humility, and how I've developed it. Um, <laughs> Everyone needs to read it because I've nailed it. <laughs> I, it. I mean, I might be the most humble person I know. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> no, these are definitely a different category of stories, um, and. You know, some of this humility uh, has come from failures where like I've messed up and, you know, I tried something, thought I was going to win and fell on my face. But I will say that's that's actually ironically not where some of my biggest humility moments have happened. Now, listen, I've fell on my face probably more than most, um, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had 27 sets of stitches as a kid. Uh, my <laughs> poor parents were desperately trying to keep me alive because I just kept jumping off. Uh, I say all that to say like, yeah, and I tried things socially. I ran for offices and did stuff that all biffed and fell on my face. I mean, I've, I've been through my share of ringers, but ironically, I think one of the reasons that things that helped me develop humility was I had a ton of successes and also got to the point where I realized that doesn't make me feel better about myself or valued mm -hmm. or solve these deep problems. Um, in fact, one of my favorite quotes on this, I think it's from Jim Carrey, where he says, I wish everybody could get rich and famous so they would realize that it doesn't provide happiness or meaning. Like yep. everyone's mm -hmm. keep thinking, oh, I could just get successful. Then I would know I'm okay and like be glad, you know, proud of myself. And, and so I both had moments where I would swing, talk about a, an interesting life. I would swing from like epic fail to epic win. Huge show in front of 10,000 people and you have all these people making a big deal and total moron and like crash wreck my car and look embarrassed in front of everybody and do dumb stuff. And like, I got, I remember wrecking my car by hitting another car in my own driveway. 
I just that's pretty humble. I pulled in, ran and come back out. Somebody pulled in behind me, and I just didn't even pay attention. Just zoomed back out and smashed up my car and my friend's car, like moron stuff. Oh, and all my sister and her hot friends from high school were all hanging out uh, while I did that, watching me in the window. Like all that would happen in the same week for me. Um, and so, like you know, in the early days, I'd take my immature self would swing from like I'm good when I win, I'm bad when I'm not, and like this kind of. And slowly, through a lot of pain and frankly a lot of prayer and counseling of parents and advisors, and like realizing uh, it really doesn't. My identity is not really whether I win or not. Everyone tells me how awesome I am. It doesn't mean actually I'm that awesome. Um, everyone tells me what a moron I am. That's, That's where I really keep. I keep coming back to that, Scott. You you. You said that word, like the more that I think about this, it's like, I think that all of us have walked some journey of having a very, uh, I would say developed, but also real self-identity where Mm -hmm. I have a lot of value, whether I win or lose, I'm loved whether I, you know, do well or not, that I think is a big play and how those two things are balanced. I mean, I, obviously for me, I think my faith is a big part of that, right? Where, yeah. you know, I, I think I really have, you know, been in a place where a lot of people have poured into my life and that's been an important place in my life where my identity or self-worth maybe isn't wrapped up in performance, which I do think can be humbling and audacious at the same time because, you're loved either way. Right. I think I've yeah. had the relationships that have helped me do that. You know, I was just at a, um, a leadership event last week and, and talking to some people there and, and we're working through some problems in their teams and some challenges that they've got in their business. And, you know, I've really shared a story from my parents around, like, it was really important that I always knew they were on my side and that they kind of loved me no matter what. And it gave mm-hmm. me such a foundation to, Hey, I can swing for the fences because I, even if I fail, I know I'm still going to be loved. And and I think that's an important part of that humility and audaciousness kind of coming together. And I think, I think what's interesting is I think you can come to it different ways, right? I mean, Jay, I think that's one path that you came to it. I mean, I think interestingly, I think what we actually might even start reflecting this is even part of our journey. Like, I think to some extent, like what I would, at least I would aspiration. I think there's a tension to this, right? I think that one thing it's important to say is being audacious while carrying a sense of humility is a tightrope. It is a balance. It is not, it is something that, you know, you don't do well some days and you do better other days. And Mm -hmm. I think like some of the ways I try to carry both audacity and humility is like this sense of I value learning. I value discovering new things. And so in that sense, I have a fairly uh, high opinion of how much I know. And, you know, to be quite honest, especially in certain areas, I would put my knowledge up against quite a few people. But at the same time, I try very hard to always have a sense of a sense of the learner's mind to say, hey, what new things could I learn in all of these areas? Even to the extent that, you know, I would say this is part of my faith tradition, you know, with Christianity as well, in the sense that there may be simple things, you know, Frank Blake in an interview said, you're looking for simplicity on the other side of complexity. 
Like mm -hmm. you have to get through all the complexity to get to the simple stuff. There's a Louis L'Amour quote that I was looking at for this. It says, you know, Louis L'Amour, there will be a time when you believe everything is finished. That will be the beginning. So mm -hmm. I think there is a sense of like, even if I have learned everything in the world, that's going to eventually turn back around and I'm going to need to go back to the basics again and learn. So I think that I can be audacious in how I think. I can be audacious in my expertise. I can be audacious in my desire to learn more. But yet at the same time, the minute that I think that I have arrived, I think I've I've lost that sense of humility. And I would say it's it's hobbled me. I think humility, funny enough, in all of this conversation, we didn't talk about this in the pre-talk or anything else, but I think to some extent, I think the minute you lose the humility part of, of audacity, you've really kind of stopped the journey of growth. Like with it's hard to have growth without some sense of humility mm -hmm. because if you don't have humility, like what more do you need to learn? Like I've arrived. I don't need anything more. And I think there's in some sense that would be what I would say starts to become somewhat toxic audacity in the sense that like, how could I do this better? How could I learn more? And I also think it's kind of a flywheel, like you're saying, Jonathan, where like yeah. the more, humble you're willing to be, the more adapt you are to change and grow and, and, and improve, which in turn builds confidence for, for performance right. and more ability to say, hey, I can think outside of my box and, and kind of play big league or however you think because you've developed new skills and processes and, and learning. Yeah. I mean, I think it is kind of a flywheel that I think one stops the other to some extent. But if they work in cohesion, it really can work really well. I would want to kind of take that idea because, Jonathan, I really like your kind of fixed versus open concept, right? They talk a lot about this in education. When you tell your kids you're smart, uh, it can actually backfire on you because they begin to think, well, I'm smart. And if I don't get this, then I need to reject it or it will risk my smartness. Mm -hmm. um, but but reframing that to be more of, wow, you worked really hard and, and talk more about the effort than the raw materials, uh, you, you get a different response because it, it creates an openness to challenge that isn't there if I've got to defend a concept or an image of a big smart. Right? I, I would love to take that and maybe intersect it with this other idea that kind of reminded me of Scott. I think if I have learned any humility in my life at all, which is a giant if, <laughs> um, I, I think it has come from exploring the edges. Mm. And so I had the opportunity to play soccer at, at various levels. And so I have developed a great deal of confidence in those abilities, but I know exactly where the line is. So I, I knew what I was capable of at a high school level. I know what I am not capable at the collegiate level. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and then I left, I played for a very small school. And then I left and I played for the club team at Georgia Tech. And so the, it was better than high school, but it wasn't quite intercollegiate quality. And so I've known, I've been able to really hone in and be like, okay, here I'm out of my league. Here I can dominate. Here is some place in between. And 
knowing where those boundaries are and saying, look, my capabilities will take me to here and beyond this, it's going to look very different. <laughs> um, and, you know, that probably finding those lines came from failure, right? Like I, I tried to make a team and didn't make it or tried to play a position and didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes finding those barriers gives you a little bit of a, of a map to say, I can have a lot of confidence up to this line because I know what I'm capable of here. And beyond that, we're playing in a different set of rules. And sure, maybe I'm willing to take a risk, but I don't have high expectations of myself and you shouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, I, and it, let me let me kind of expand on something just maybe we've talked about alpha in previous, I think it was more kind of around some of our conversations in season one. But I think one of the things we've talked about with alpha and specifically with alpha pack is the nature of alpha or what are the attributes? And I think one of the key components that we continue to come back to and talk about is a certain amount of hunger for growth. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to like, I think one of the hallmark things about an alpha is you're continuing to stay hungry. And I think that there is maybe a sense of hunger, at least for me, you can't be hungry if you're full. You can't be hungry if you're done. And so to be hungry is still to lack something. And I think that to acknowledge you lack something is to be humble in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's it's a humble thing to say, I have not yet arrived. But I think a lot of people say, well, you have not arrived. Therefore, you are you're done. Your trip is over. Like you're not you're never going to arrive. I'm like, no, I'm going to arrive. I have the audacity to go. I am going to arrive at that next place that I want to be. I have high confidence because of my skills, but also the community I am also the the the, you know, the tools I've been given. I have confidence I'm going to get there. But when I get there, I'm still going to stay hungry because I'm still not going to be full like and so i think there's a sense of like yeah so i i want to poke at this because honestly i think my ideal and even my experience is the opposite of that jonathan i think there is some audacity and humility manifestation that looks like it that comes from this sense of um incompleteness and a, a humble acknowledging of like i'm still hungry i'm lacking I, but i I will tell you, I resisted using the word hungry for our team. When I was talking to member, I said, I'm looking for audacious and humble folks. Um, I, I read the book, part of what sparked this is I read the book by Patrick Lencioni about um, the ideal team player. And he says, humble, hungry, smart. And mm-hmm. I rejected hungry because mm-hmm. my ideal and the life I'm living is more and more from a place of like, I am so satisfied now, I don't always live here, but I've tasted this. There have been moments I've slid into this place. I'm so clear on my purpose, my identity to Jay's calling, my space in this life. I'm so satisfied that I don't need to prove I'm awesome. I don't need to prove. I'm also out of this place of total rest and fullness. I'm in a place of being like, well, and you know what? I should probably go do big things in the world and use these gifts that God gave me and do crazy stuff. But the freedom to do crazy stuff in part is driven by like, well, I mean, yeah, why not? If it fails, I don't risk anything. And if it wins, we might change the whole world. Like, sure, the world could use this. Let's do it. Um, And it's not coming from a place of hunger or drive that I need. It's entirely like, ah, 
I don't need any of this. I'm totally at peace. And that's part of what allows me to be like, yeah, totally blew it. Like, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't need to be perfect to be at peace anymore. And um, so I don't, know, it, I, I don't know if that's, but I think that's kind of what, what you're saying, but at. it's different than I think what you're saying. Well, and I think that's, I think that maybe one of the reasons, and I would say this is where we come back to Alpha Pack to some extent. I think if we're honest, we did our origin stories and whatever else. I think hungry means different things to each of us. Mm-hmm. I think alpha means different things to each of us. If we were all the same background, the same experience, we would be poorer for it. We would have, yeah, we would totally. have lesser experience. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's sometimes when we try to coin terms or we try to describe an experience, sometimes I think even Scott, I think this is a great example for me. Hunger means not a lack in the sense of saying like, it's not a lack in the sense of saying like, I lack something. It's like, it's more, there is still lands to discover. Hmm. Like there is still, I still haven't found what I'm looking for and and it will never stop. Which in reality, you know, just hearing y'all's conversation, it's like both of those are very audacious statements, right? (laughs) Where for Scott to say, I'm, satisfied and i don't know that's exact word to use but i'm content i'm Mm -hmm. comfortable i am i feel like i'm being significant in the place i'm placed so it's not this constant strive gotta prove that in itself is audacious not many people Mm -hmm. live there yeah right and then the other side of you jonathan to say you know hey there's this new land i want to go see it and I'm, i'm thinking about it and i'm trying to i'm working towards it and i'm excited about it and i'm dreaming about it that's audacious too like most people don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, it's interesting. Like you're saying different things, but I would I would say that's a form of audaciousness on both of the ways you're applying it. Yeah, I would almost reframe Scott's as abundance versus scarcity. Yeah, like mm. Scott Scott mm. seems to be coming from an abu- from a place of abundance, and I think you can be hungry and abundant. And I think you can be hungry and scarce. Yeah, no, that uh-huh. that captures exactly what I was trying to say. And and to all your points, yeah, that's why that's why we're having this kind of discussion. Is like, yeah. what do you mean by the word audacious? What do you mean by humble? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, I'm for for the the reaching, pushing, stretching. Um, I think I'm not alive, and we're not fully alive if we don't do that. But yeah, it was the scarcity that I was uh, right. I was kind of poking at with my finger. Like, yeah, but as long as we don't slide into the scarcity ditch. Yeah, um, right. sure. And I think for me, it's it's a mindset of like, I can accomplish or be a part of or help others do anything I set my mind to. Like, we just mm-hmm. have to say we're going to do it, right? I mean, a lot of my definition of success is doing what I tell myself I'm going to do with focus, generosity, and ease. Like, that's really how I define it. Say, say that again, Jay. Yeah, say yeah. that again. Let me say it. So yeah. I'm going to write it down so I can tattoo it on my arm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, my definition of success really is doing what I tell myself I'm going to do with focus, generosity, and ease. Like, mm-hmm. That that's how I want it to look. I'm focused on what I'm doing. I'm willing to say no to things and yes to others. I'm going to be generous while I'm pursuing that in, in the sense of I'm trying to add value to others while I do it. And then I really want to make it look easy. Like that's a that's a, a value of mine. But that in itself is a is an audacious way to do it, right? Yes. I don't want to be like, I'm burning both ends of the candle to make all this happen. It's like, no, like we're crushing it and 
making it look fun and easy. Like that's, that's an audacious way to think about it in lots of ways that I think most people in some ways, in certain conversations get really offended by, honestly, Um, (laughs) because it's like, well, this should be really hard or that you, you should be really stressed or, you know, this, and I'm not saying I don't ever get there. Right. But I, I think the reality is that's what I'm trying to build. It's like, I'm willing to, I'm saying I can do anything, I'm also willing to say I'm not choosing to do all of it. So mm. I'm audacious on a little bit, at least in my personal definition, but on both ends. I'm willing to say, nope, not going to waste my time on that, which in a sense is audacious because people struggle to do that. And then the other side is like, yeah, you want to go change the world and we want to do this? Of course we can if we decide we want to do it. Right. No. Let me add one more layer on top of this, Daniel, is that I think somehow this because, you know, when you when you isolate them, they look like they're in conflict. And I think there is some balancing tension. But but one of the overarching principles that mer- that aligns these two, like points them in the same direction, um, is a bigger purpose that's bigger than me. Yep. And I'll tell you, I, yeah. I've been like shallow and bad, humble, like it all goes wrong. Bad audacity, bad humility. When I'm when I'm narrowed in my world and the stories, like how do I make myself? It's all about Scott, right? When it's right. pulled out, and I'm like, I'm a part of a bigger story, and there's mm-hmm. bigger things going on, and what I do matters, but it's not really about me. It makes me think of like that epic best-selling book, um, the Purpose Driven Life. It sold, I don't know, like sixty million copies or something stupid. Rick um, Warren. Yes, yeah. and the opening line of that book, it's powerful. It's just, it's not about you. And that like shock to the system, I think is something I need on a regular basis to remind me because when it's not about me, I will be audacious for the bigger cause. That's right. I also can be humble because the cause is makes not about me. Like there has to be some bigger story we're living right. in. And I'm just pausing on there because I think for alphas, it is easier and there's a huge temptation to just cycle in on me and my accomplishments, my dreams, my wins. What do I want? Um, and, and that's part of the strength of an alpha is the willingness to say, what do I really want? And who cares about the path? Like I'm going off trail. But but that if you don't have a bigger purpose, guiding, defining, balancing all that stuff, then I don't I Let me just speak for myself. Every time I have gotten lost in the bad versions of these is because I have lost the bigger story and I'm making it all about how do I make myself feel good? Yep. And that, that always comes back to bite me. Yeah. I, it's really that, interesting uh, that you would say that because we were talking a little bit about this before we hit record, but uh, just the other night I watched uh, the documentary, I think it was on Netflix about the redeem team. Uh, so the 2008 Olympic team, after the U.S. had lost, I think, in 2004, and I think took the bronze or something like that, they brought a, a team back to to try to win in 2008, and they brought Kobe Bryant. Now, in the in the landscape of alphas, you you got to think about Kobe Bryant as, yeah. uh, on the top shelf. Yeah. But, but the coach— Yeah, in was, a league of alphas, they call right. him the alpha. Like, they call him yeah. the alpha. But it was really it was really interesting because the coach really spent a lot of time framing the the Olympics as this isn't about you. This is about your country. This is about a bigger story. It's not about Kobe or LeBron or, you know, pick pick your superstar. This is about that bigger story. And I think only because he was able to get them to buy into the bigger story 
were a bunch of highly talented type A alpha players willing to kind of check their ego and play well together as a team and and do the dirty work that needed to be done to win. And and they did go on and win, but that hasn't always been true of those kinds of teams. Mm. I, I I think we could I think their differences of perspective, I think is part of the strength of this. Like if we all said the same thing, then then it wouldn't be it, this number one, there'd probably be much less interesting conversation. Um <laughs> So I do think our audacity differs in some ways because our skills differ and because the gifts that we have differ. I don't know, like, even as we're talking about all this, I'm just kind of want to throw this statement out and see what, see how you guys respond to it. I think audacity has a lot to do with you understanding what you can do, what your purpose is, and how you impact the world. I think humility in some ways, maybe is how you treat others in that audacity or how you respond to others. Mm -hmm. Like basically as you're doing your audacity really is how, when people respond to you one way or another, when people respond to you with opposition, when people respond to you with like pushing back on your stuff, when people respond back to you on, Hey, could you do this better? Or I don't think that's right. I think it's, it feels to me, it's almost like audacity is what I need to do for myself and how I act and how I execute my strengths. Humility is the thing to not let that poison my interaction with others. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, maybe. I think that's close. I, I think I might say it a little bit in the sense of, I think the bigger purpose is really important because I would agree with Scott in that when that has gone off the rails for me in a negative way, it's because it's gotten really self-centered or selfish and not yeah. knowing it's another side. So I'll, I'd almost just say some level of my vision is audacious, but my humility is knowing that other people have powerful visions too, and I need to be a part of helping them accomplish theirs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to the Alpha Pack Podcast. To learn more about how you can implement the strategies and insight discussed in today's episode, make sure to check out the show notes page and follow the pack on www.alphapackcommunity.com. Until next time, we hope you settle for nothing less than making the world better than the way you found it. Stay alpha.